Welcome to my podcast, Sip and Sala, where we lift the lid, spill the tea on all things marriage, womanhood and motherhood. So let's sip some tea and pray we get through another day of this shit. Hi everyone, welcome to Sip and Sala. As you all probably know at this point, my name is Aaliyah Sala and today's episode is all things daddy issues because I truly believe we've all got daddy issues to some extent at least and I do think that it's something that most of us don't talk about. We really don't say it, not unless someone else says, when I was growing up, this, and we're like, oh, me too, but we're never really like, we never just say it with chest, you know, like, I have no clue, I don't know, or I this, I that. I think it's one of those, you kind of gauge it first, so I do think it's a topic that we really must address, seriously. But firstly, I just wanted to say, and I and I think we should start with this because I think that it applies to most of us. I used to think it was a me issue. I used to think, one, I was probably one of very few people going through it. And two, I used to think it was like something to do with my dynamic, my mom and dad's dynamic, which created it to be a me issue. But I realised that you don't need to be coming from a single parent household to have daddy issues. You don't need to not know who your father is to have daddy issues. You don't need to have a great relationship with your father and still not have daddy issues because I feel like we've all got it. Like, genuinely, I remember growing up, right, and, oh, God, we're going in, aren't we? But I remember growing up and I grew in a single parent household. My mum and dad split up when I was maybe two between two or four, I don't really know, maybe four, and it was never like, oh, not hidden from me, I always knew his name, I always knew what he looked like, always kind of saw him, or I thought I did, I thought I always saw him, and yeah, I kind of thought that that's what everyone's dad did, I kind of thought even the dads that lived with their kids weren't really like proactive do you know what I mean I always felt like what my dad was doing the dads that were still with the moms was doing let me just take a drink I'm getting thirsty talking about this so my dad background behind him Jamaican man has three kids well had three kids at this point um with my mom and he used to show up on the weekend sporadically Feed us McDonald's for breakfast, lunch and dinner, if we were lucky. And yeah, I think he kind of treated us a bit like pets. Now I've grown up. Now I've grown up, I'm like, wow, oh, wow. This is why I think I'm, I'm, I'm way more conscious as well about, about the issues and the lack of fathering that I had. I think getting married and experiencing a fathering with between my husband and my children it's like oh oh actually and I never really say it to my husband because I, I you know what I'm, I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a bit of a rock and a hard place because I never want to be like you know what I do say you know what you're a great father I do say that but there's many more instances where I could say you know what you are incredible you're so patient you're so he he does the most he does this not he probably does more than me honestly respectfully and Sometimes I'm like, if, will I be giving him too much credibility here? Is it because of my lack of that I think he's so great? And I'm kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. But like I said, I had this father who saw us whenever and he would turn up in like sports cars, 
BMW 2 Series. And they were like, come on, who had a 2 Series in fucking 2006? Because we sure didn't. We were living in a masonette. Two-bedroom masonette. That was three kids and one mother. And man would turn up. Man would turn up dripping. Dripping. Like, dripping in diesel. That's not cheap. He would come in these sports cars. Oh, even one time. You know you know what? Let me not skip that point. He would come in his BMWs, right? He would pick us up, treat us like pets, as I thought. And he was a DJ as well. He has his own business. He has his own properties. And he was also a DJ. We'd meet a new girlfriend every week. These would be white women who would absolutely must touch our hair and must... They would get his permission. Him! Him! They would get his permission to flatten out our hair because we were full-blown. We had full-blown afros as kids. And we liked it. My mum used to say, embrace it. That's who you are. My mum used to say, me as a white woman, I get perms. White people would pray for hair like yours. So although we hated it, we was like, you know what, she's right. These white women would come and scratch their brushes through our hair. And this man would just, just let them do it. I think more for a quiet life. And... We, ne- we never thought, is this wrong? We always thought, maybe this is what dads with girlfriends do. Maybe she's trying to, you know, when your mum does your hair, she clap you on the back of the head with the brush a few times. Now, the now the girlfriend wasn't doing that, but I kind of thought that was her interpretation of that. Anyway, fast forward. And this is where things kind of changed. When I got to about seven, he would, he, would, he would show up, basically, and then he would tell us, I'll see you next weekend. And then he just wouldn't turn up. We'd be in the window like blood clot puppies, like... We'd be sitting there like puppies and he wouldn't show up. But I remember my mum had like gone nuts one time and like she was crying, screaming. I think after we'd all kind of started losing our rag, this had been years, months, months and years of just waiting in the window. Bags on our backs. Mum had slicked our hair back. Our bags and coats were on us. We're sweating. Like, you understand? My mum's like one of them organised people. Well, she was anyway. So we're waiting there. And even though he'd say two, she'd make us sit there till four and it's kind of like... Should that be my issue with her or was she just trying to protect me from what he was? I don't know. But again, is this my daddy issue? Probably. But I remember he turned up in this limo, right? And he, and we thought he'd hide it and he goes, I've just bought it. I'm going to start a limousine company. It was it's so sporadic like that. This limousine packed out fridges. We, and I remember just thinking, I remember, I don't know what it was. And I'm the youngest. I'm, I'm the youngest. Sorry, my voice broke. I'm the youngest, but I remember thinking... This has got to be a smack in the face to my mum. I couldn't imagine being a woman. Because at this point, I'm not even a teenager. But I couldn't imagine being a woman and watching the person that you chose to create children with, whether you thought they were for your forever person or not. And you're there in poverty. And they're there, turning up to your blood clot, mason at your council estate, in a limousine. Like, can't even give you 50 quid for some school shoes for your kids. She, you know what? I don't know how she did that. Part of me is a bit like um, in awe that she was able to hold such face for the guy. But part of me is like, you should have you should have told that man. Part of me almost feels like he wouldn't have done half the stuff if you let, didn't let him get away with it. But, you know, it's one of those, isn't it? It's a catch-22, what came first, the chicken or the fucking egg? I don't know. But I do wish that she would have said something at some point anyway. At that point, I was nine years old or something. But anyway... He did that, he acted a fool, he had all these girlfriends, and then, and then, and then he brought the latest one. We all just were sick of her. We was all, at this point, we were growing up, and, and we, we got sick of her. We got sick of her. But at that point, we've got to have been teenagers. I maybe had been about 12. And it started to really show that his choices were having lasting impacts on us as children. Like, I started seeing my brother become angrier 
and resembling aspects of my dad like how is he screaming at me for asking for his charger that would be something my dad would do and we wasn't raised in that and we was obviously raised by a mother so she was a lot you know any guy any boy that's raised with a mom and a mom only is a little softer a little bit more emotionally intelligent i think because they've had to be you know to deal and have an understanding for the lack of in their household but my brother started to get so angry and then my sister my sister started getting angry and and and, and then me, I, I I started becoming like, I don't know. It it was just crazy how this lack of person in our lives had such a lasting impact on us. And we had relationships with my grandma, my dad's dad, and but he must have took us there. I'm trying to think, maybe what five or six times in our whole lives to her house. My mum took us there. We couldn't. We couldn't. We couldn't go to that side of the country without going to see her for a week straight. We didn't even want to see her at that point. We actually felt like she was enabling our father. And we never would say it because she's some black Jehovah Witness woman. So and we'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake, we don't want to go there. Because my mum would say, don't take your phones. You can't tell her you've got a phone. You can't tell her you've ever been on the internet. You must, you know, almost recite the, the Bible back to her to let her know that you are reading the books that she's giving you. And we just thought, fuck this. Like, respectfully, we were like, we're sick of this lady because this lady, at this point, we thought she's she's fueling my father. Why is she not saying, excuse me, son, what are you doing with these children of yours? But no, anyway, we had a bit of a, a little bit of a tumultuous relationship with her. And... She was married to, well, is married to another guy and has been since my dad was like six years old. So I've always known him as my granddad. She's always spoke badly about my actual granddad, uh, my dad's father, but we'd never met him. We had the opportunity to meet him. And although he came across okay, you could just see he was like a copy and paste of my dad. And obviously we were getting a nice version of this guy. We're getting a completely, you know, nice version of this guy. Anyway, fast forward, my dad makes a reappearance again with that same girlfriend. This is the longest one he'd had. I tell a lie. There was one before that. He bought a boob job. He got the woman a £7,000 boob job. Never bought me a school shoe in my life. Never bought me a T-shirt. I think the most he bought me was a McDonald's breakfast, genuinely. Got to a point where my mum used to send me there with packed lunches. All of us would go with packed lunches because we would starve us for for, for the weekend. You know, we, we've kind of skipped a bit now, but I'm trying to think how how it, how it went so wrong, how I, how I had all these issues... I think it was after meeting my granddad and I started to see, oh, like, my dad doesn't have an issue. This is a hereditary issue. And I think at that point I started to realise, even as a young person, I started to realise patterns of behaviour and and realise that people copy what they see. People become what they came from. You know, not everybody, but most people. And I remember seeing my dad maybe a year later and being like, you're just like, I remember he was talking, I just said something like, you're just like your dad. But I didn't mean it in like a rude way. I just meant use mannerisms. This man lost his damn mind. He lost his mind. Lost his mind, called his mum, my grandma, made her tell me all the vulgar things that this man had done to her and said, my daughter's trying to say that I'm like that. Da, 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 da. And I remember thinking, what has happened to you? What has happened to you for you to be so empty as a person? Because all these bad things that he's telling me about this man are nothing to do with him. They're all about his mom. It's all, you know, 
it's all like, you know, dark shit, domestic abuse and all that shit. But I understand that can be very traumatic for children, but why is that making you so vile? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, that I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand, and I couldn't understand how he'd, as a teenager, he'd called his mom and told her that I'm basically saying he's that. The per- that that I didn't even know at the time until he starts to say, tell her what he did to you. You know, and I'm just, th- I'm thinking, why is my dad acting like my child? Why am I parenting my dad? Why am I, why am I trying to educate this man on how damaging it is for him to do that to me? You know, who at 14 years old is, 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 is sitting with their father and then he calls their mum and says, what? Like, what? So then I, st- I kind of tried to look back and this grandma of mine, I was like, you know what, let me try and talk to her. Um, and I kind of just said like, oh, grandma, I just want to be honest with you because my mum's always told us like, go and, you know, be your best self. But I just want to talk to you, grandma. I want to, I want to, I want to find out like, you know, about my dad. I want to see, you know, because he's not doing all these things. And my grandma was like, what? Your mum always says he's great. And I said, but my mum, my mum thinks, you know, she don't want to be the bearer of bad news. She's always told us it's not a business to tell you. And in my opinion, grandma, you know, surely, surely you're going to be like, come on, mate, where's your kids? You know, you can't lie. You can't make it up. But she was always like, oh, you know, his dad was not a a nasty piece of work and his dad beat me up and he was always a bit rough with the kids. But I still couldn't understand why he was such a, like, a a bad-minded person. I started to see my dad in such a different light. And honestly, this is when I realised, oh, shit. We've all got daddy issues. He's got daddy issues. Now my brother's got daddy issues. And my dad's giving me daddy issues. And any daddy issues I didn't have, my brother's giving me because he's been so rude to me all the time. So the only man who was in my life, the only masculine figure I had, who was my brother, he's also giving me daddy issues. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Come on. Anyway, back to that wife. Not the wife. Not the girlfriend, sorry. Not the one with the boob job. She she, she found her way somewhere else after... Uh, an extended period of time, too long. Um, and then he got the other one that I told you we met, and... Oh, what? <laughs> it, it, it makes me shook. It actually makes me shook. We met this woman, at, and at this point, right, obviously, like I said, like, we'd met her. We'd met her a little bit. They'd been together, like, three years. I think we'd met her, like, four times. And no word of a lie, I got to about 14 or 15 years old and I remember looking in her eyes and her smiling so hard, holding my dad's hand, picking us up to take us for an overpriced meal that, that you know, would have cost 150 quid, 200 pound. Couldn't even give my mum 10 pound. So at that point, I just, oh, I used to think, oh, I've got to see this fool. I've got no respect for this guy, but I've got to respect him for my mum. And I remember watching her smile at me and thinking... You got daddy issues too, and I'm certain of it because what woman, what woman in her right mind, and I remember thinking this at 14 years old, what woman in her right mind sits with this man, right, for three years, knowing that you've seen us four times? What, how, how do you perch yourself upon him? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. She's got to have daddy issues because if she didn't have daddy issues, she would not tolerate that. Like, come on, surely in the long run, you're going to want kids with this person. How how do you watch somebody have such lack of love and respect for their children and then you you don't have an issue with it? You don't have an issue with it. And 
That kind of, I, at that point, I thought, I'm telling my mum about this bitch. I'll be honest, I went home and I was like, mum, this fucking woman, I'm telling you, I'm sick of her. And my mum was like, what? And I told her some of the things that the woman was saying to us, you know, like about our skin tone and and just like our hair and some of the shit that she pulled upon the internet. I don't know what it was. I don't know what her issue was. I don't know whether it was a, a lack of maturity or... She treated us like pets too, you know. She would let us... Go on the internet. You don't like you go on. You used to. I don't know what them games was, man. I don't know. Like almost like a a little bit like COD, but you played with laptops and you could there was a chat down the side. We used to play that all the time, especially me and my brother. And my sister would be there on like the little, you know, the little restaurant games where you have to be the waiter and serve loads of tables and all that shit. She would do that. Also came with chats at the side. Now my mum would never let us go on anywhere where there was a chat. And I remember saying to her, I don't think my mum was going to let us go on here with the chat. We didn't care to be involved in the chat. We just wanted to play the game. She was like, I'm not your mum. You can do what you want. And although I think she thought that was a great thing, I'm like, this woman got issues. Like, anyway, they end up getting married. They got married, right? And she turned up for the fifth time with this, and get this massive engagement ring on. And she was like, I want to ask you and your sister to be my bridesmaids. Da, 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 da. And we were like, yay. We'd never been anyone's bridesmaids. And we weren't happy, but like, we were a little bit. We were just thinking we're going to get a nice dress. We're from a council estate. We never had our hair done. We never had makeup on. We'd not even had a haircut at this point in our whole life. And we're 15 years old. I and mean, my sister's 16, 17 years old. You understand? We'd not even had a haircut. And fast forward a year or two, we go to my grandma's house and we say, Oh, you know, my dad's getting married. And she was like, yeah, the wedding was beautiful. We're like, what? Bitch got married. Man, my man had his girlfriend ask us to be the bridesmaids, brought us passport applications, I remember. They invited us all bowling, including my mum. Got my mum to fill in our passport applications. Took away the passport applications and the pictures and said, we'll pay for the passports. That was the first thing they were offering for, to pay for ever. I say we, he. And told us we were going to get our passports and then they would book our flight because they were getting married in Cyprus. And they lied. They fully lied. They lied. They lied or they changed their mind. I don't know what it was. But my grandma goes, what a great wedding. Oh, hell no. Now i got grandma issues because you're, you're taking the piss. How dare you take a whole flight, sit for a whole ceremony, get on a blood clot yacht as the after party and not say to that man once, where the fuck is your children? Then I realised, you know what? My dad has got mum and dad issues because she's enabling him. She must have done this the whole time. She must be part of the reason. And now I'm left with issues because he's he's got issues. You know, it was like a it was like a Oh my god. It was like a it was like a I don't know man, it was a circle, it was an absolute loop. It was like that movie, is it Freaky Friday, where you wake up and you're in the same day every day. And I thought, oh shit, she must have had the same shit with her parents. He's had the same shit. Now I'm getting the same shit and I don't want kids to do this shit. Unconsciously I'll be doing this shit. Anyway, we were all pissed at that point. We were all pissed. We didn't want to talk to this man again. Like, that's just taking the piss. Didn't speak to him. Fast forward a few years. Um, he offered me and my brother a job. Um as like car valets, but not like 
you know, like if you go to the car wash, he had like a car um, business as well. So it was more inside and doing like a wet vac on the seats because he would do a lot of auctions and stuff. And we said, yeah, we don't mind. I think we were just, even with all our daddy issues, we were just like, at least we get to spend some time with him. Also what we thought. So we went there, we did about four or five cars each. Now that's a long time doing all the upholstery in a car for like 15 pounds. 15 blood clot pounds and we didn't even get to see him half the time he put his he had us there like slaves how damaging must that have been his children my sister wanted nothing to do with it she's a smart one but me and my brother went there for about 15 pounds for, for fucking six hours or whatever it was and still we were just like he must care because he wouldn't give us this he must care you know what i mean like he must he must and then Two weeks later on a Sunday or a Saturday, it was a weekend day, we went there and he had a member of staff there and he was like, oh, I normally work in the week for your dad doing this up Hell Street. But, you know, I did a few um, extra hours this weekend because we're busy or whatever. Now, he was not really talking to me because I was like young. In his eyes, young. He was got to be like 19, this guy. My brother was more closer to the guy's age. So my brother's talking back to him. And he goes, yeah, but the money's great. And I think he said, for today, I'm going to get about 185. And I remember me and my brother looking at each other. We're looking at each other and we're like, wait, wait. He's paying us 20 pounds or 25 pounds. And this man is, how, wait, wait. How is it, how is it that you, you treat strangers with, more respect than your children like what and then that so many people with issues do that so many people are so much kinder and nicer to their friends or acquaintances than they are to their siblings or their parents or what so we were like fuck that we're not doing it anymore we are not doing that anymore we are that is that is a joke and we were literally I think we were giving our mum half the money, not because she asked for it, because it was like, you know what, she ain't ever had no spare £50 in her life, you know what I mean? And this man is fucking violating us. But anyway, my mum was like, look, you don't know what your dad's been through. Your dad's been to jail. He went to jail when um, we were children. Um, For... <sighs> beating somebody up. I think GBH, ABH, I don't know which one it was. But maybe that's, she's, my mum, you know, she was always like the voice of reason. So I remember, I went back to work with my dad, but on transportation, so we would go and pick up the cars that we were valeting. So I would drive to Scotland with him, I would drive here, and I did the admin in the seat. And I thought, you know what, Lee, I'm going to rewrite this. I'm going to skip everything I've experienced. And I just thought, let me get to know him as him. And we truly got along. But I realised we could only really get along as friends. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was very easy to get along with this person, but he was never really fatherly. Do you know what I mean? Like, I could laugh with him. I could tell him, Dad, I went out underage with a fake ID, and he would be like, oh, my God, you're, you're, you're nuts, man. What did your mum say? And it was a bit like, yeah, what did my mum say? What are you saying? Because you're my dad. And you're a DJ and you see what happens in clubs. But why have you not got that concern for me? And, oh man. I thought, you know what? 
Let me just let me just skip past that. Maybe he's just missing a little bone in his body. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's missing a bone in his body. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with this man. I just couldn't. I always used to think when I was going out underage, the worst thing that could ever happen to me would be bumping into my dad. And because my dad was a DJ, I used to always think that was going to happen. And here I am telling him. Maybe I was doing it to like shock him into like fathering. He didn't give a who he didn't give two shits he didn't give two shits all he said was you're not wearing short skirts are you i'm just thinking even if i was i would never tell you but i wasn't either I just i just i just couldn't understand this man but anyway i tried to talk to him i'm thinking in my mind maybe growing a relationship even a friendship with me maybe i could like help him maybe i could save him maybe i could you know, avoid him experiencing him, experiencing what his dad is experiencing because his dad didn't have no relationship with his children now. His dad had had two other kids who just was crazy, like batshit crazy, like chasing people with knives kind of crazy. You know what I mean? Like, which we met them once. I don't know where they are now, I'll be honest, and I really, I'm not interested to find out. But I thought maybe, maybe I can save this man. I know that sounds ridiculous, but... I honestly thought maybe he's not experienced just a small amount of love to understand the amount of love that he can give back. And anyway, I feel like I digress on this podcast, but I wanted to give you a bit of my overall experience to to, to as to why we were even here in the first place. So he just kind of... We got along, we spoke, it was okay... But then when I wanted to get like a full-time job and I couldn't do that anymore, it, it became like a massive inconvenience for him that I, I wouldn't work for him. And then I realised actually I'm working for him, even still now, at a fraction of the price that most people would. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, that kind of terminated our relationship and we didn't really see each other again until I was about 20 years old or something like that. And that was only... That was like a reunion, like a Christmas reunion to say, you know what, we're all grown up now. Let's just accept each other for who we are. We might not ever be best friends. We might not ever, you know, have this relationship from this man that we want. But let's just do this before we all end up in the ground kind of thing. You understand what I'm saying? And that's when he met my husband. But I remember even back then, my husband cared more than he did. Like, I remember my husband was like, hi, nice to meet you. I just want to let you know that, like, your daughter, like, my husband came in with that whole energy of, like, I've fed her, I've watered her, you know, she's kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, she was with me on the weekend, I took her to the cinema, he was trying to tell him all these acts of love that he'd done, and my dad was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He just didn't care, he just didn't care. And I started to then see the difference between a male figure who really cared for you in like in their in, in from their absolute being and one who was just connected to you do you know what i mean anyway my husband asked for my dad's hand in marriage i think or did he oh no we were just skirting over marriage we were just talking and saying you know how would you feel kind of thing and he was just like yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I t- to be honest, I actually don't think he gave a shit. I think he just responded for responding sake, genuinely. But then I started to realise that that impacted that relationship and those interactions that I'd experienced over the last 20 years was impacting how I viewed myself. I struggled to 
sometimes deal with my marriage. I struggled sometimes to deal with my husband being a husband. And sometimes, it sounds strange, but being a father. Because when I was younger, I would go out, right? And I say younger, like obviously married to my husband, but a lot younger than I am today. And I would go out and my husband would be like, and I would tell him like, oh man, this happened, this happened. You know, I, I almost got hit by a bloody car. Like it was wild. Like I would just say, you know, like whatever happened. And his immediate and initial response would always be, Aaliyah, do you understand how dangerous that is? Like, do you understand what 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 the world would be without you in it? Like, you ha- must be more careful. And I just couldn't respond well to that. I couldn't under- I couldn't respond well to somebody trying to what I thought was father me. Couldn't understand it. And I realised, oh shit, my daddy issues are now they're impacting my marriage. And how will I cope? How will I? How will I watch my husband ever be a father? Will that hurt me? Will it trigger me? Will it confuse me? Will I be a good co-parent with my husband? Because I do believe co-parenting is co-parenting whether you're together or you're not. I hate when people say you're only a co-parent when you're separate. You're not because even in a marriage, you don't think the same. You know what I mean? Me and my husband right now, we co-parent to to, to raise these kids. You know, so... That's when I realised, you know what, oh man, like, these issues have really started to impact me. And then, you know what, prior to my husband, and even in the initial stages of our relationship and marriage, I had counselling, and I had lots of therapy, and the therapy and the counselling was nothing to do with my dad, but then it, as we back, back backlogged everything, and we kind of went back, and it was like, so tell me more about you, tell me about this, tell me about that, it was like, oh... That's also impacted me. That's impacted me. This has impacted me. And it all kind of went back to like my parents. And again, my daddy issues. And I realised, will I ever get over this? Will I ever be able to be a Leah without the issue? Will I ever be able to be a mum? I can never look at my kids like, they they don't obviously know this, but I never say to my kids like, oh, your dad's great, my dad is he's great too, you know, I never say that, but like, obviously now I've got a three-year-old and he starts to say, mom, my dad's so cool, is your dad cool? And I'm like, yeah, he's really cool. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, here we are again. And I've just, I've just come to terms with I'm going to have to be okay learning to talk about that. Do you know what I mean? Because not talk about it, but it's everywhere, isn't it? When you go to a new job, they're like, oh, where are your parents from? It's the first thing people say, because obviously my complexion, the way I appear, they're like, where are your parents from? You're like, half Jamaican, quarter English, quarter Irish. And it's like, oh, is it your mum or dad? My dad. Oh, so your dad, then what is it? You're like, for fuck's sake, I don't want to. This guy, come on, man, I'm sick of this guy. But I realise, you know what? Maybe him and his actions is impacting me and how I feel about myself. And I realise, you know what? I just got to own it and I got to say it with chest. And I got to be like, you know what? That is who he is. That is what he was. But here I am. And I'm a greater person for it. And I'm a greater person from it. And that's the whole reason behind this podcast, I suppose. I just really wanted to like discuss with you all that, like, you know what? Whatever your dad did, you know. I guarantee you there's 10 people out there with the same. And that's not trying to match your trauma. But what it's trying to say is, don't don't let your trauma isolate you. Don't let your your parents and their choices isolate you. You know what I mean? Because 
We can only change how we move forward. We can't control what they did or how they behave. And this is a matter of fact. And this is what we were talking about in the previous episode when we were like, oh, wow. My dad had a son, um, which I briefly knew about, but I only found out about when he was like a one-year-old. And it was like, I went to see my dad and I'm sitting talking to my dad and his wife at the time. And then they were like, oh, we've got someone to fear to meet. And they brought in this whole toddler. And I'm like, I'm literally thinking at this point, so this is not toxic. <laughs> like This is, come on, like, is that how you're going to bring this baby into me? So yeah, I have a, a younger stepbrother. And I remember at first watching my dad, I almost father him and like, living with him and thinking, he's so lucky. And then I realised, you know what? My dad had not changed. He was just living with the problem. I felt bad for my brother. I thought, thank God, you, you, thank God we could escape him. Do you know what I mean? Like, honestly, because... He was stuck with him, not anymore, because the wife's ran off with somebody else, but that's for another blood clot day. But I actually felt bad for him, and then I realised, you know what, my trauma's not all bad, but the things that I don't know whether they're bad or not, I would never know, not unless he did something else. Like, I would have never realised that he was just a shit father to anybody until he had the extra baby. Do you know what I mean? I would never realise, you know what, actually, he probably did us a favour without realising. We didn't get trapped in his environment, living in his world. Do you know what I mean? Because he really is that kind of guy. And like I said on the previous podcast, um, I took my children to a bonfire night. Now, me and my dad, we live like seven miles from each other or something like that. But he doesn't know. Obviously, I know because I know he lives there. But we've never bumped into each other. Even in my whole life, we've never crossed paths, ever. We've never drove past my dad or anything like that, unless he was coming to get us or we're going to his house. And I took my kids to a firework event last year and he's there with my um, stepbrother. And I could see my stepbrother's eyes looking, but he's still very young. He's probably, you know, just about a teenager at that point. And this man, we must have brushed shoulders. We walked past each other. He said no words. And I realised, you know what? He has his own daddy issues. His daddy issues won't be my daddy issues. That that stunned me. It stunned me. I'm standing there with one of my babies, two of my babies. One was a tiny, minuscule, two-month-old baby, and obviously one was a two-year-old. He can see me with these children, and he just walked on by me. And my husband was... It's the most my husband's ever said about it. He never really... He always refuses to like really add his opinion because he's like, it's not really my place. But my husband was stunned. He was stunned. And, I, and he was like, I'm really sorry. And I was like, you know, please don't be sorry because I've realised, actually, I'm glad, like, his issues won't be my issues anymore. And I know it sounds terrible, but his son as well, respectfully, it's not my problem. I know it sounds terrible to say, but I can't interact with somebody that right now has no choice of who their surroundings are. And their surroundings is him. And the wife, and that wife, this happens to be my brother's mom. Oh man, I feel so bad for him that he's stuck with them too. Just seriously, because they're both clowns. You know what I mean? What comes first, the clown or the clown? It's not neither. They both came together in their little circus, in my opinion. So I thought about it, and I thought I owe this boy, this young boy, you know, to say hi. But then I thought, you know what? I actually owe my dad a little bit more. I owe, I owe him the time and the responsibility to talk to my brother properly as a father because if he did and if he had 
he would have said hi to me purely for my brother's sake, but he didn't. So that told me he's not getting anyone different to who I'm getting. And I want you all to know that like, what, whatever, whatever, and I know, and what my dad used were and are on this podcast are literally the surface. You understand? Like, I understand that we can have such volatile and traumatic experiences with male figures or fathers in our life. I truly understand that. But I also understand that some of us are just, you know, we just have negative experiences on the surface. And what I'm trying to explain to you all is, no matter how volatile the circumstances, don't let your issue, don't let their issues be your issues because you know what, it happens differently for everybody and I'm truly a massive believer in like trying to escape that and trying not to repeat those patterns is almost impossible for most people but that shouldn't mean that you're not entitled to more than you received that shouldn't mean that what you received should be played down or should be dressed up for anyone's sake like now I have a great husband and a great father for my children and I know in my heart that if me and my husband never was together again romantically I would never have to worry about my boys I never and I know many can say I thought that until and you're right we all think that until so I don't know wholeheartedly but I know that from my experiences I would never allow them to to experience what I experienced and sometimes we just got to be grateful for that I think truly man because if anything genuinely and I say this to my husband all the time I'm actually grateful I'm grateful that everything worked out the way it did because he's obviously not a nice person and that's not me saying he's a horrible person I'm saying he's not a naturally and organically kind-hearted person so what good would that have done me growing up you understand and maybe the lack of visits and the windows and you know the the impact on my marriage and me struggling to accept my husband being a much more attentive, nurturing figure than my father was. Maybe all those things were all meant to happen the way they were, like were supposed to happen in the first place. And maybe, maybe, maybe I'd had issues aren't so bad after all. Truly, honestly. And... Hmm... What I will say is, for those who are still in the midst of their full circle and or having issues, just, mm, just ride it out. That's what I would say. Ride it out and try and understand your fathers or your baby fathers for... As individuals first, let's say that. Because this I hope this podcast doesn't just apply to those with daddy issues, but also those with issues with their dad, those with children with baby daddy issues. Because I do think all the questions that I thought and tried to raise and tried to almost investigate myself on behalf of... To my dad, on behalf of like what I felt like was us as a unit, us children. My mum should have asked, but she never did. Or she almost was like... She must have come to the conclusion that it's just a fucking waste of space. I can't help him. 
But it's me sort of saying, no, you could you could help him. And that's not me saying it's your responsibility to help him. It's me saying, help yourself. You understand? Help yourself. Help yourself in changing your future. Because he's never going to change if he's just a bad person. But you can change how you allow this negative person to keep reappearing. Do you know what I'm saying? But why you just let someone kind of show their bad colours and you leave them to keep showing their true colours? Who can be helped? Nobody. Nobody at all. But you know what? I'm kind of glad. I really am glad for my father issues. It's, it's, it's meant that I've created a different life for myself. And I do hope that it's meant that lots of you guys listening have created a different life for yourselves too. Truly. And I hope I didn't ramble on too much in the beginning telling you my whole daddy issue story. But I wanted you all to have a bit of a background before I kind of went in with my issue and I do think also just talking about it normalizing it whether no matter how traumatic or non-traumatic it was sometimes you just gotta say it haven't you just saying it out loud makes you feel better it makes you come to terms with your reality and I think that is so important so yeah thank you all for listening to my podcast and if you're watching I hope you can see me here sweating in my turtleneck if you are watching on YouTube, please don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you're listening on any of your preferred pod- podcast platforms, then please give us a follow and I will see you next week on Wednesday for the next episode. That's one thing I didn't tell them. I was glad the fuck to get rid of that man's name. Jesus, it was like a curse. It was a curse. Whew.